Uh, yes, it's one o'clock here on RWP. Neil Williams with you. And we've got a full house, which is great to see. Darren Wilcox in two in a row, Darren. That's pretty impressive. Good afternoon. And Paul White. Who, you know, guys, uh, we how's everybody every... today? Yeah. The team is back in form. <laughs> That's right. We've got the band back together. Uh, yes, yeah, always try to get a, a nice mix. Lots of things on today. And, Paul, look, I'm, I know that you have studied a bit of Italian. So you can See? throw the occasional Italian word in because we're talking Italian varieties actually from Italy, but also the Italian varieties grown here in Australia. So that's what we're on about today, and uh, I hope everybody really enjoys it because it is a growing area, Paul. It is. Look, the Italian varietals are going very well. They, the climatic changes, they've bought these particular cuttings in from Italy over many, many years, mm. as you'd know, Daz, mm. uh, you mm. know, with the group that you deal with. Yes. Um, and uh, there's some just some fantastic varietals. I mean, uh, I like, you know, Sangiovese's been sure. the Chianti of Tuscany for many, many years. Yeah. That's grown well here. Ours are a little bit more fruit-driven. Darren, would you agree they haven't got that tannin structure, but they're a little bit more fruit-driven than the European Italian varietals? Well, I think overall there's there's a certain trend now to get the best out of these Italians in yeah. our in different regions in Australia. So... Um, and it's interesting too, mm. with the looking at the regions, which w that, that'll probably come up in some of our discussions today, mm. because the, like if you have a Sangiovese from Heathcote compared to one from down exactly. here, or yes. or uh, one over at McLaren Vale, exactly. I mean, yes, they're Sangiovese, but they've got some different characteristics to them. Yeah, and those characteristics is normally the alcohol level from those warmer climates like McLaren Vale and Heathcote yep. are going to be a little bit higher, maybe 14, 14 and a half. Sure. Whereas down here, they're probably about a 12 and a half uh, maximum. The percentage um, of alcohol, yeah. Yes, the alcohol level, yeah. yes. Yeah, very, very interesting. So... I've done a little bit of research. The most popular, well, that's probably not quite the right word, but it almost is, it's in terms of the, the amount that's uh, crushed each year. Right. The biggest variety is, well, it's Glera, yes. which uh, often is called Prosecco, because that's the Prosecco comes Prosecco, from that. Prosecco, yeah. And Prosecco's got to be at, at least something like 85% Prosecco in it. Occasionally they'll throw in a couple other varieties, but it's got to be a minimum of 85 of the Galera. And the the last, the, the largest amount comes from the King Valley. 57% mm. of mm. all of our Prosecco comes from King Valley. Cool mm. climate region once again. And, Absolutely. Uh, lovely. The Well, not only is it a cool climate, but King Valley is... Uh, got some of the great Italian uh, families up there that have been growing wines up there for many, years. many, many, yeah. many years. I think... Um, Del Zotto comes yes. to mind as a, as, sure. a, as a big one. And, of course, Brown Brothers started there, and they've, they've swung over to a lot of Italian varieties in the Milua area, yes. in the King Valley. I think also we're, we're starting to see um, a broader... Um, collective of information so a lot of younger people now are really understanding more yeah. about um european varietals and how they're um grown and and, and the different styles the classic style versus a new world style hmm. um the second one i noticed you've got there in your in your in your graph which is a fantastic yep. bit of information um uh, is Sangiovese. Oh, so yes, we talk Sangiovese. We're, we're talking we're talking about chianti and, and talking about chianti classico um this is the you know the original is specifically grown in the, in the central Tuscany yep. uh, mm. area, uh, in the mountains between Siena and Florence. Yes, yep. and and it's sort of, it's obviously based on the Sangiovese grape, 
Um, and it's um, for to be sort of Chianti Classico, it has to be at least 80% mm. Sandiovese. Yep. And um, some of it are blended with a few natives as well yes, and a few are. well-known varietals mm. like Cabernet Sauvignon or, uh, or Merlot. Um, but, you know, I think for a lot of uh, Australians, this is one of the first varietals they start to yeah. look into when they're diving into the complexity of uh, Italian wines. It's a softer wine. It's it a is. great introduction. Yeah. Even doesn't matter which region it comes from. It's got soft, softer structure. It's it's not big and uh, like a Montepulciano or exactly, something yeah. else like that. Yeah. Um, or some of those super Tuscans that are big cabs and other wines that are approved uh, accordingly. And so, would you say, Paul? I mean, you would sort of red berries, violets um, are the telltale notes. Um, yes, a bit of blackberry, sometimes some yeah. cherry in there. There's an earthiness and a spiciness. Yeah, definitely and earthy. Savouriness to to yeah. Chianti. Yeah, which and is really Darren, as you know, the mm. it's a bit like the Mornington Peninsula. We have the Red Hill area, and we have the uh, Muraduck Flats. Sure. And the difference in the Sangioveses in Italy yes. from different regions is mm. significant as well, without a doubt. And you know, it's great just to compare and taste these different Sangioveses. They're all uh, DOCGs or along those lines, but the characteristics vary as well, and also what they blend it with with that native varietals. Of course. And, and and interesting, you mentioned do DOCG because Italian uh, uh, words, but it basically mean they guarantee its its origin. They guarantee that it's it, it's harvested in, in the correct manner, and, and and guarantee it's it's actually genuine uh, Sangiovese. I can't remember the exact words, but the G is a guarantee, the C is the control, and the O is the official. Yes, and the it's D really is, the, uh, the D is a department or some term yeah, like and that. And, in, and, and in also the production methods, like yes. you know, how many of the indigenous varietal are, are allowed, how yep. many are they allowed to blend. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, just on, on uh, Sangiovese, a great base wine for, for some of the rosés I've tasted oh, yes. coming out of the new world. Some um, rippers. As well, yeah. And they can actually put a little bit more of that rosé structure into the rosé. Yes. Um, for, sorry, from the Sangiovese, a bit yep. more of that structure from the Sangiovese mm. into the rosé. Mm. And it gives it a little bit more depth of uh, yep. wine with yes. the rosé, yep. which and, is fantastic. And potential, yeah. although you obviously drink yeah. rosés early. And a broader pro, uh, flavour profile from yeah. it too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The, uh, that's where it comes from, 15% is from King Valley. That is 438 hectares of, uh, which doesn't really sound a lot when you consider all the wine in Australia. It's about 0.1 of a percent of all the sure. grapes that grow in Australia. <laughs> 8% McLaren Vale, about 12% Murray Darling, which is tends to be more of the, um, I was going to say the bulk type wines. Well, it's, a- it's... And the ones from McLaren Vale and King Valley tend to be more uh, up, upper level table wines. Yeah, I, I think that that you know that uh, area around Mildura and so on. Look, they yes, do produce some fantastic yep. warm climate wines. Mm. There's yep. no two ways about yep. it. Mm. But they can grow on large uh, fields and yep. large vineyards yep. to produce that production wine that is mm. needed to be put into other wines if need be, or yep. go on their own. You know, sure. if you want a, a cheaper style of wine. Um, you know, that, that Riverland and so on can produce some fantastic wines as well. Absolutely. So the next one on our list in terms of amounts uh, oh, crushed, yeah. Fiano. Beautiful. Fiano. And, and the interesting <laughs> thing about, I reckon, about Fiano is that it, it can be actually made so many different ways. So you can have, I've tasted some of your big 
fruity sorts of wines, and some are quite austere, quite thin, quite bit, light. Yeah, yeah. So a range of uh, categories, and, and it's only really been in recent years that Fiano's uh, come come into the Australian Well, that's scene. interesting. When you say mm. recent years, it's probably now been 10 years or yes. so, I think, Darren, by yes. the time they plant it to yeah. the time they harvest and so on. But that is very recent. It is recent, yeah. And the flavour characters or the stretch spectrum of those wines even if you age that little fiano mm-hmm. a little bit longer and darren you've probably tasted mm. a few of the older ones as mm. well i mean it gives that structure of an old not chardonnay but those characteristics of you know that floral and so on absolutely and so of course and, and you and you obviously see the color change it goes a little bit darker and it gets a little bit more viscous and nutty mm. sort of almonds nutty yeah correct and, and mm. you, joe vaughan um Vineyard down there in, in Balnaring. Yeah. He, he's he got Vineyard of the Year from the... Hunts Road uh, yeah, has from a the beautiful vineyard. few rows of Fiano here on the Mornington Peninsula. Yeah. Right, mm. wow. Hard to get, though. Hard to come Oh, by. yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's popular now. Popular, that's right. That's very, right. very, very, very hard. Uh, Fermentino, which is, Fermentino. Uh, is next. Almost the same amount uh, crushed there. And... Uh, I reckon the first Italian wine people may have noticed is next on the list, Lambrusca. Mm. Lambrusca. Now, gentlemen, tell me a little bit about the early days of... Oh, well, yeah, it'd be in a cask and it'd be a bit like cordial <laughs> and very light and thin and people thought, well, that's Italian wine and you couldn't be further from the truth. And, and a good Lambrusca's a very soft and light variety. Totally different style, yeah. But the way it was uh, initially done here yeah. tended to be cask wine. And well, it got it into the marketplace. True. It was a little bit sweeter. It had those, you know, that yes. little sweeter <laughs> cherry flavours or yep. berry flavours. But yeah. but it was that light, you'd, you know, I think it had more sweetness in it than the sure. fruit. But yeah. it was just one of those wines that... You know, when we started off back in the 70s, we, you know, my first one was like a porphyry pearl. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, those uh, Matus Rosé in those um, Chianti bottles, those baskety things that yep. we had when we first started. That sure. was in the se- No one was drinking wine. No. Sure. A long no way, a long way away yeah. from Sangiovese and some of the other wonderful ones we're going to talk about. It just, it just, just, just on that, it just shows yeah. how quickly we've matured, yes. not only in our taste preferences, but our understanding and the oh, way yes. we're growing it and, and the way we're um, understanding our vineyards. And now the new wave in Australia mm. is really looking at these varietals in the new world. What, are, what, what mm. I reckon has been massive was you know the, the French jumped up and down about you know the use of their their lingo in mm. champagne, champagne and the, the, I suppose the Italians are a bit the same you can't call it chianti so here we call it by the variety grape variety yes. and I think that's actually educated the consumer more mm. I think so too and mm. I think that's a great way that the Australian wine industry is headed yes. uh, by the by the varietal um, because in a lot of these wines You've got no idea in the early days, a, a hermitage. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, in the 70s, we had, unless you had a cabernet, there was no such thing as a pinot around. <laughs> no. There was a sweet red, yeah. a dry red, a cabernet, and a, a couple of others. And stuff called burgundy, which could burgundy, have, been, could have right. been anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, tended to be a blend of a bit of pinot and a bit of uh, Shiraz, but it didn't have to be. But coming back to that, this is the magic, this is the culture around yeah. the old world. Yes. And the complexity and the history of villages, yeah. of, of, yeah. of, of names. Yes. And look, I'm still learning and, 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 and really picking apart Italy, and I think I'll probably be doing that for a very long time yeah. due to the complexity. 
beauty. Oh, it is. And look, there's varietals over there that I will never eat. And even our friend that we're having on later on, Marco from Vino Bambino, you know, and he's been in the industry importing wines from Italy and France and other places. And, you know, he says to me, Paul, there's that many varietals I can't even keep up with it myself. (laughs) Well, that's true. A couple of other interesting ones. Uh, I'll I'll throw out a word for you. You might have heard it. Uh, Greconico, also called uh, Garganega. Oh, yeah, Suave. Suave, correct, Uh, which is, it's the sixth most planted grape in Italy. Mm. Hardly any of it here. Mm. Yes. Uh, in fact, it doesn't make the list. Doesn't make the list of the top, the top twenty-eight varieties in Australia. There uh, are but some they're being just starting now, to get though. some. They're just yes. starting to get some. I, I love suave. I think it's mm. um, it can be made in different ways, like we yep. mentioned before, with a lot of the Italian whites. Um, but you, if it's done well, um, sort of medium-bodied with a fine acidity, lovely texture, lovely texture, and you sort of get these balanced. Melons and citrus, and mm. once again dried almonds, yeah. um, and a vibrant vein of minerality. Um, if the if the vineyard's seeing a little bit of elevation, mm. so uh, the suave, some of the DOC suaves are incredible. Mm. We were talking to someone the other day. I'm just trying to think who it was. One of our guests uh, was talking a little bit about the suave, but um, yes, from Carboot Wines. Yes, from Carboot. Correct. Yeah, which okay. uh, was interesting. A couple of the other, uh, and we'll learn more of this when, when we talk to our, our special guest from Vino Bambino. But uh, Nebbiolo and Barbera are two interesting ones. There's hardly any grown here in Australia. Mm. But I did find out the first Barbera in Australia was planted on the Moynton Peninsula by Gary Crittenden. So well done to Gary, Rollo's dad. <laughs> yeah, and that was 85 or thereabouts. There was That was the first lot. Are now, they still doing that, Neil? Yes, they, they, they okay. make a little bit of Barbera every, every mm. now and then. But there's only uh, 450 tonnes crushed it's a tiny tiny amount yes Uh, that's right across australia that's not just gary crittenden's right across australia and there's a couple of little bits there uh but but that initiated uh piedmont uh region northwest and we'll hear a lot about piedmont Mm. uh it's sort of full-bodied and fruity but a bit of soft tannin and it's a interesting variety Yes, no, no. There are a couple of my favourite varieties, actually, the Barbera Nebbiolo. um, And, you know, a lot of people don't know what basically makes up some of the uh, major wine groups in Italy, and it's the Nebbiolo. Yes, absolutely. And also um, we talk about the old-fashioned way of producing Nebbiolo and the the new world and the the new sort of younger generation over there went from large, big oak down to smaller oaks. So yes. some of the original Nebbiolos, uh, you'd s- seriously, and if they're made in that classic old style, I mean, you'd be cellaring for 20 years uh, to get the best out of the wine. And, and the Barolo, which, Barolo, exactly which is exactly uh, about ne- Nebbiolo, uh, you've actually got to be about five years before they were released, you know, to be called a, a reserve. And it's got to be at Correct. least three and a half years yes. to be called a Nebbiolo. So you, you're not going to find, you know, like we can find with some wines, so it's, you know, it was uh, picked pick three months ago, stuck it in, a, in the jar, off we go, have a, have a crack at it. I think for the listeners, I mean, it's... Take it's, time. Yeah, well, it's Take another thin skin varietal that can be made in so many different ways. Yep. So, you know, you can have, for example, the atypical 
uh, Suma, Yarra Valley Nebbiolo, which is yeah. a beautiful New World style. And done very well. with it, in, It's got quite a few awards and medals in, in oh, well, recent one, years. Oh, uh, one the chairman's a, a choice at the International Cool Climate Wine Show. That was Who happens one to be the chairman out. of that one, uh, uh, Paul? Well, let um, me think about So you that. love this oh, one is okay, what you're telling me. me. <laughs> yeah. So you love this one, clearly. I did, yeah. look, and I had that the other day at a restaurant up here in Mornington. Yep. At, um, you were there the other day oh. at... Um, Yes, oh, I was. I was. They went there last night to Manhattan. The Manhattan, and I was hoping to get get one of their Nebbiolos. I end up with uh, a Sangiovese from Puglia, because uh, they didn't ha- didn't that they'd sold it out because oh. this bloke. Paul we White has been talking it up. They've well, all bought, sold it all. All I'm saying is you, you've got that particular new world style, yeah. nice and fresh, and then and then you know there's a ho- it goes down the list to the absolute traditional way Nebbiolo's um, vinified and made, mm. and and you are looking at about twenty or thirty years to. Yeah. And Darren, you mm. would have tasted a few uh, like I did at mm. the Vino Bambino tasting. Yes, we had the. Uh, Nebbiolo, uh, which is the Australian Nebbiolo, mm-hmm. and then also we had the Italian ones, and there's definitely a, a textural, structural oh. difference to the wine, isn't there? Without a doubt, and Nebbiolo is really tannic and yes. really acidic. So when you're looking at an early Nebbiolo, it is like the roughest sandpaper yeah. being rubbed through the inside of your mouth. <laughs> Taste and, buds are gone. And, 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 Hang on to it for a couple of years. And your eyes are watering <laughs> with intense, yeah. you know, yeah. acidity. Like it's so to, to and then as the wine goes through its life, I think I've I tasted from Alto RDJ, which is at the, the top part of the country, and it, we're coming into the hills there, um, into the Austrian hills. Yeah. Um, I tasted a 1982 Nebbiolo. Yes. And I won't tell you how old I was then, but not very old. <laughs> and in 1982, when it was bottled, right? But I yeah. tasted it um, yeah. a couple of years ago. Mm, and wow. it was absolutely perfect yes. from 1982. Wow. That's how the long. The balance had just come into uh, exactly, yeah. equilibrium. Exactly, because it was so tannic and so acidic. Mm. It was really special. Now, they often say with, you know, that it's the aroma of, this is Nebbiolo, tar and roses, which actually um, spurred people on to call... Uh, set up a label on tar and roses, which mm. makes them reasonable Italian varieties... Uh, quite reasonably priced and mm. you'll see it in some of the shops uh henschke's had a very good there's a couple of local ones henschke mm-hmm. has got a big name uh jasper hill sumar you've already mentioned mm, sure. giancolo and there's also one called uh lingo which is from adelaide hills you can buy it in dan's for about 18 bucks and it picks up medals consistently at Places like Royal Adelaide or McLaren Vale Show yeah. or things like that. So if you see Lingo, mm. you get it for less than 20 bucks if you want to just dabble in it. It's not sure. as special as the uh, the sort of ones we'll talk about later. It's a good starting Bangor. off point. Exactly right. And, you, and you'll pick up the general sort of flavours. Yeah. I think so. And the aroma as well. A lot of fennel, a lot of wild herb and fennel. Mm. As you start looking at those classics from Italy, um, that's another... Uh, sort of aromatic element. And just look at the areas where they grow, Darren. Mm. And you've mm. been there as well. And mm. where they grow, they're just in these arid uh, herbal... Uh, Absolutely. Just growing wild, you yeah. know, whether it be fennel, whether it be oregano, but that's... Uh, oregano is the Italian <laughs> say, not the oregano. Um, and they're just uh, growing wild down the, down the rows of their vines. It's pretty special. Now, you mentioned... Um, and you pronounce it differently the way I do, but that's all right. Montepulciano, some name like that. Montepulciano. And um, 
That one's mm. uh, pretty interesting too. Uh, SC Pinnell, Steve Pinnell from yes. McLaren Vale, he just makes sensational um, Italian varieties. Him, Kerry Hill and Coriol have made some really good ones, but that's a, a really interesting variety. If you're interested in that, I mean, you just walk, you down, walk yourself down Main Street, Moynton, go to Docks. Yes. And take another glass of the Montepulciano. But Ciano, please. A C-I is pronounced ch. Correct. In Italian. Montepulciano. And we're going to the heavier end of the spectrum here, Paul. You would yeah. know with these Italian tastings, we get round and round and we get to the end. And these are the wines, the Ripasso, uh, oh. you know, and these, and these heavier style where they dry some of the fruit on mm. racks and they use part of that concentrated um, dried fruit with the with the normal fruit to add been, a, a lot more depth and yes. a lot more um, that, complexity. That structure up there. Yeah. Veneto is one of the major regions yep. up north that actually yeah. grow those varietals. Exactly. And um, it's the second most common red grape in Italy. I didn't, yes. wasn't aware of that until this week. I didn't and I know started looking at it. No, they actually yeah, have a show heap of it. In, in Italy just with Montepulciano. Oh, that's just like those it. wines. And I've okay. been there. What, what date is really? it? What date? <laughs> what date of the year? What month are you going to get uh, there? I think that was around about. Uh, <laughs> wow. April, um, April or February, May, maybe? February, uh, March. Okay, February, March, right. So be aware of that. So, look, there's so many different varieties, and, and we haven't even touched on Nerodavola, uh, Nerodavola, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is uh, just starting to get a few more of those uh, developing here in Australia too. But that it's it's quite interesting. It, it's, it's dark, it's full-bodied, mm-hmm. very dry, but it's not um, it's not sort of heavy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'll... and again, a, a range depending on where it's come from. That Delaware is versions. an interesting, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one, and I think that as as your tastes, you know, just develop. I think that's a lovely wine. And once again, it's not big and ballsy. It's quite soft, but it has sure. some lovely structure through the palate, and it lingers on very well. Yeah, I think certainly down there uh, in Sicilia, uh, close to Mount Etna. Mm. Um, you're looking at it's it's widely planted down there. Oh, definitely. And it's it was introduced by the Greeks actually down uh, uh, into Sicily. But um, yeah, certainly looking at juicy black cherries, spice, chocolate, mm. some tobacco, and um, a very very lovely introduction into yeah. your or continuation of your red wine Italian red that's wine right. journey. If you're down Sicily or Sicilia, that's what you drink. Nothing else. Yeah. Right. That's what they <laughs> offer. That's what they give you. If you don't get into trouble. <laughs> so so f- favourite um, Italian varieties that you've tasted, you've already mentioned the Sumar Nebbioli. Yeah, would, that, Nebbioli. would that be yours that oh, you yeah, bring would, to mind? Be. Between that and the Malta Pagano, I yeah, think they're yeah. ones, the varietals that I like. I've um, gone with the Malta Pagano from Pinnell. Yes, yes. Which I, uh, McLaren Vale. I think, I think we need to have a little shout out for Chalmers over there in oh, Heathcote. In Heathcote, they, yeah. they have developed so many, and people are getting their cuttings from them. Kim yeah. Chalmers has a ripping job. I think so. If anyone's interested now to start their journey or, or to have a look at the New World Italian varietals, Chalmers in Heathcote um, would be a, a fantastic introduction. And how long have they been around, to be honest? Quite some time. Yeah. Quite some time. Yeah. But we only really starting to hear of them the last five, six, seven years, yes, I reckon. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Just got quickly before we have a break, uh, award winners. In the McLaren, the most recent McLaren Vale show was the start of this year. Hasselgrove Wines, their Fiano, got the top gold, 96. Great. Shera Wines for their, uh, for their Nero 
Devler, 96 for the top gold. SC Padel picked up about three uh, for the, for the Multipiano, which we've mentioned, but also Aglianico. Aglianico. Thank you very much for, the, for that. <laughs> I, I knew I was going to have trouble with it. But he, he got 95 <laughs> points and a gold medal for that. Yes. Uh, but now, so he's got some fascinating uh, varieties. Serafino, who are down on McLaren Flat, they've got one, and you can pick it up in, in most bottle shops, called the Bellissimo Sangiovese. Mm. It's got several silver, silver medals, and you pick it up for 20 bucks. Great starting. Worth trying. That's good. good starting point. Mm. Uh, there's another interesting one which I found out called the Big Easy Radio. They're in Aldinga Beach, uh, McLaren Vale. Okay. Quite interesting. But they've actually got one which is a blend of Sangiovese, Montepiciano. They've got one of each and a blend, 97 points from the winery only, 40 bucks. That's, that's not bad value for a 97-pointer. Look, they are fantastic wines. And look, yep. Darren, you're a distributor. You've been mm. in the business for a while now. Trying to sell those blends, they're a, they're a cellar door sale really only. Yeah. Yes. You go there, they'll say, have a try of this. Gee, yes. that's not bad. Never heard of it. Yeah, I'll grab one. Yes. That's how it works. But, but things are changing. As, as, yep. as I said before, as people are understanding more and more, they're looking they're for looking these. They're looking for these. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, now I'm just going to slightly reorganise our, our orders. We won't have that break we're going to have because in about another three or four minutes we do want to talk to Vino Bambino uh, who have a lot of Australian wines and, and a lot big of imports. big imports yeah. from Italy. That'll be fantastic, talking to Marco. Uh, but the just an update from the International Cool Climate Wine Show next year Yes. It will be a different date, Paul. Yes, the, we've we've listened to the the winemakers, the uh, vineyards, the, because every time we had the show, it was in May, and uh, trying to get entries in during harvest in, and vintage is always very difficult. So now it's going to be from the nineteenth to the twenty first of July. Fantastic. So right. the tastings uh, are going to the judging is going to be on, as I would believe that would be the. Uh, 20th, I would assume the 20th and the 19th is the tastings. I think it's okay. nice to have it in the middle of the year as yes. well. Yes. So, yes. You know, something to look forward to and it gives everybody the, the appropriate time. That's a great it idea. It gives a lot more time and therefore we're opening up the, um, the entrances from the middle of January. So yep. it's giving people time Plenty of after time. the holidays. Plenty of time. They can go either side of harvest that way if they need to That's right. yeah, work it all out. Okay. Uh, what I also find... Interesting with that. I mean, the time when they have all the shows is about now. October yes. is just they're just lining up. You start looking for show results. Mm. Uh, you don't want to be anywhere near that time. You want to be a lot <laughs> earlier if you're going to do something a little bit special. That's that, right. You're yeah. letting the um, the wineries have a look at their wines on an inter- and compare that with an international level. Yeah. Compare their wines, see how they're going, and then they think, well, I could be. I didn't get a. Uh, I got a gold in this. Maybe I'll enter in the Royal Melbourne or exactly yeah. the Victorian wine show. It's actually yeah. from a producer's perspective. I did a little bit of market research recently, mm-hmm. and it's really good to look at producers and what, and then vintages and see where the medals lie yes. from different shows, from a whole raft of shows. Yes, yes. All right, let's uh, have a have a short break. After the short break, we'll come back and we'll be chatting to Marco. Marco. Well, we, look, we just, yeah, we're just about to ring Marco and he sort of said, give me another couple of minutes because he's in the middle of something, as he always is. Crushing, crushing. Standing on grapes, standing on grapes. But the, they're a very interesting place up 
in well next to that pub called the Elephant and Wheelbarrow. What's that little side street they're on? Because I, you dragged me along to one of those, and I'm very pleased you did a couple of years ago. Oh yes, must, the have, actual been, must have been before yeah. the before lockdowns. Let's go. How far back it goes? Well, if we, was good. if we could just set the scene, so if yeah, you can imagine, that. you know, a beautiful venue. We're at, uh, they're at Cookie uh, down there in Swanston. This yes. Um, the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, they laid out all of their um, wines mm. by region, which yes. made it very, very easy mm. uh, to look at and understand. We were talking earlier mm. about the, the complexity. And, um, Paul, um, I noticed you were there uh, enjoying yourself at the tasting. And yeah. um, it, were there any wines that stood out for you that you sort of enjoyed and, or looked at? Look, there was quite a few. It was the old... Curtains um, Hotel, wasn't it, upstairs? Oh. Yeah, that was a really interesting... I had myself just in a little window section there. Sure. Uh, people were coming and... Uh, if we could think, you know... I was holding court. Red and white <laughs> tablecloth with little oh. white doilies. It was very Italian. Um, but I, I didn't mind the Proseccos. I started... I thought the Proseccos were very good. Yeah. Some excellent ones there. And, and Vino Bambito have uh, producer Salatin, um, and they had a sort of extra dry DOC... Prosecco there, mm. uh, 100% Glera, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the Prosecco. It's just great. a beautiful balance uh, of just sort of fine acid and sweetness. It was a, it was a nice interplay, that mm-hmm. wine. Um, light, soft sort of lemons, aromas of peach, as you'd expect, and green apples, um, but lovely, delicate floral elements. That, yeah, that was, was a good went wine. went over the palate. Like, there was different flavours and characteristics bouncing off your palate. It was like having yeah. just a little, you know... Zumba in your mouth yeah. at that stage, but it was all it was all in check, and these little yeah. elements. That was a really yeah. nice wine, I thought. No, excellent. Um, I like the Barolos. I thought that oh, yes. was a good tasting of the Barolos. I thought there was a great range. <laughs> of um, course, you did. You know, uh, you don't get to ch- taste these wines very often because there's a few dollars in each uh, bottle. A, a couple of years ago, when when we all went together, I know you've been a few more than I have, but we had that special little tasting table on the Barolo. Oh, yes. And he just brings one out. Oh, gee, that's nice. And then there's another one. He tells you the story about that and shows you the map of Italy and where it came from. Yes. This one, oh, this one's a little bit better. And then and then we've got the one. Oh, now this, this is the one that's been in the bottle bit for at least aged. five years. A bit more age. And the difference was just amazing as you kept going. It's a bit like your story you told before, uh, Darren. Sure. That it just got... Better, better and better. Was and just for your listeners, they're mainly from the Piemonte region, which yep. is northern Italy, and they're made from Nebbiolo. Yes. So, Always Nebbiolo. Yeah, yeah, Nebbiolo. So, you know, uh, that's a small, uh, thin-skinned grape varietal, generally high in acids and tannins, and uh, it just smooths out. I think five years plus, I think, you've got to have it before you can um, uh, enjoy Absolutely. We're just getting a little message through from the office that uh, Marco is on the line. I think Marco is Marco is ready. Fantastic. Um, But coming back to the Nebbiolo, like while while um, we have that organised, you can see when they're all lined up together, you can see, you know, even from one producer, the idiosyncrasies between the sites. Now the sites can be. 20 metres, the mm. one little valley there or one aspect there, and you're getting a marked difference in that particular varietal. Oh, definitely. And I, look, that was that was one of the great things going along to Vino Bambino's tastings that I enjoyed was mm. that you could get these range of wines yeah, from different are. regions yeah. and enjoy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. difficult for you and I to see them 
as an individual, but great on that collective field. And also looking forward, you're looking at the wine for the future because yes. it's just been released. It's yeah. designed to sell her. Yeah. So you're, you really are um, thinking forward when you're looking at it. Of course you are. Of course you are. Is he online now? He will be there very soon. We've just got to flick a few little buttons. And uh, I think we'll have... Uh, Marco? Have, have Marco there. Marco, can you hear me? Yes, oh. I can. Fantastic. All right. Buon pomeriggio, Marco. Mio amico. Buon pomeriggio. Or, or is it buon pomeriggio? It's, uh, you know, it's after day. 12 for you. <laughs> Ciao, Marco. Ciao. Well, Ciao. Yeah, look, great having a chat. It's been years since we had had a really good chat with you guys online, and we were just reminiscing some of the tastings that we'd had at, at Vino Bambino. But since then, uh, you guys put a few wines into the International Cool Climate Wine Show, so we thought we might start with them because all of them uh, did very well, Every Paul. Every one of those wines came away with an award. Now, no wow. other uh, imported distributors ever put wines in, and every one of them came away with an award. Amazing. Amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about those, the Prosecco? You've got the information there, Marco? Oh, of course, absolutely. My pleasure. Um, yeah, well, the Prosecco comes out of an artisan producer called Salatin. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting, Salatin's a producer that's been in that area of northern Veneto. They've got it stamped all over their packaging since 1528. They've been in that part of the world. So wow. um, fair effort, few generations now, but um, the particular one I've come up with the award was the Salatin uh, Vintage Brute Prosecco. So it's more of an artisan-style Prosecco, more of a premium product. That was a 2020, and, um, wasn't it? It was, yeah, the 2020. So Vintage Brute means it's, uh, it's fermented a bit dry, so not as much residual sugars, and um, comes from a little part of the world within the Prosecco-growing country called Valdobbiadene. Wow. And um, Valdobbiadene is the DOCG. It's a, it must be from that town um, to be a DOCG, which is the highest sort of rating of a Prosecco. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was a great result. Fantastic. Yeah, good. So uh, is, is, that, is that a popular wine, uh, Marco? The, or, you know, and Proseccos in general, I think, have started yeah. to uh, become a lot more popular. A big uh, growth area in Prosecco here in Australia. Oh, yep. look, Absolutely. Oh, no doubt about it. Like, we carry, goodness, five different Prosecco's mm. from Salatin just to sort of cover the demand. Yeah, the spectrum that you need to cover. Consumers, yeah. Well, restaurants and consumers want, which is one of the same in many respects. But, um, look, absolutely, yeah. So this one's one of their, one of their better products, a bit more, bit more premium. But, uh, you, know, um, you know, there's other Prosecco's that are perhaps a little bit more affordable that carry... A little bit more residual sugar, so they've got a little bit more sweetness and freshness to them. Uh, but saying that, Prosecco is an aperitif as it is. It's sure. a, a nice, fresh-drinking wine as it is. It's not as complex as champagne. Um, so, um, and not as expensive as champagne, mm. for that matter. Marco, so, just um, while we got you there, I, and I'll just interrupt you there for a sec, how can people, yep. our listeners, look at buying your wine? How do they go about that? Have you got a website or something that they can go on to? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they, they can go to um, www.winecart. Mm. That's wine, vino, <laughs> winecart.com.au. Okay, and, great. Um, and, and that sort of gives them access to a lot of products.
products that we carry, that we import, and um, they're all artists and producers. They're all single estate artists and producers. So um, there's a bit of fair bit of traffic through that site the last few years. Beautiful. Hit, let me tell you. <laughs> and even if you just go Vino Bambino, there's a link there as well when you say shop, and uh, it takes Correct. you to the wine cart. Yeah, yeah that's right. And Vino Bambino is our, you know, our, our core business. That's our wholesale arm, our wholesale arm and, uh, and then, yeah, exactly like you said, there's a shop button there and that can click you over to wine cart. Marco, I was just reminiscing with the gentleman here about your fantastic tasting that we were privy to two weeks ago up at Cookie in Melbourne. Uh, well done. That was a beautiful trade day. Um, I sort of, I was very interested with a couple of wines there that, that pricked my interest. Um, uh, Fiolano um, was a very, very interesting wine that I looked at. Um, and I'm wondering if you'd be able to tell the listeners a little bit about uh, Friuli, that north northeastern Italian region bordering um, yeah. Slovenia. Look, absolutely, Dario, and uh, my <laughs> pleasure. And um, it was good to see you that day, and, and thanks so much for all your help. Prego, Bob. prego. Uh, very much appreciated. But, um, yeah, so that, that particular producer is called Buttuzzi, with a B, Buttuzzi, mm-hmm. and Buttuzzi is a fourth-generation producer from Fuguli. Um, uh, the, the boys are the fourth generation chaps. Oh, well, they're all well into their 40s and 50s now. Sure. Um, you know, they're all the sort of six foot six crappy <laughs> guys. Um, yeah. They, uh, well, that part of the world, they, that, that's how they're bred. They're, um, you know, it's right on the Slovenian, you know, Croatian border. Oh, yes. So picture Venice and then you sort of track a little northeast, more east than north. Yes. Um, Toward the Trieste part of the world, and beautiful, you know, it's right in the uh, the pocket where the, the the very top end of the Adriatic Sea. Sure. Um, and very cool climate, and uh, you know, you've got it's sort of uh, you've got some incredible steep hills, and they, they're very rich in minerals, and, uh, and hence the minerality that comes out of these products are amazing. Yes. And so that's one thing that people like about them, because you know, here we're we're familiar with now. With, Products like you know Pinot Gris, Pinot Grigio, Chardonnay, of course, things mm. like that, and in many respects, Friulano, mm. the wine that you're talking about that they produce. I mean, that's the indigenous grape varietal to Friuli, hence the name. Yes, and um, you know, stylistically, it, it, it may be in, in general terms somewhere in between those. So, if you're like a Chardonnay that's not too heavy, then you know um, these are really good products to to have a look at. Um, that's for sure. And I think this, it can be made in a variety of different ways. This is one of my favourite white varietals from Italy. Um, obviously, it can be young, you know, light body, light in colour. Um, but, you know, as it ages, it's got, you know, it can have some floral and, and, and it's got a lovely minerality as well. But um, it's, it's a beautiful wine. It can be aging oak. That some purists don't like uh, the oak element and others do for obviously a little mm. bit of structure. But this, this particular, these two wines that, that Marco has on offer were absolutely outstanding. Mm. Now, Marco, can I talk about one of the other ones you put into the International Wine Show? Is it Curtache or Curtache? Which the, uh, it's, a, it's a white, it's predominantly Chardonnay, but I think it's a blend of some other ones as well. But that also yeah. did very well. What can you tell us about that one? Oh, it's an incredibly interesting wine, and... Um 
uh, uh, Katash, yeah, that's right. The name of the producer is Katash. Um, that's the first name I've little... got right today on the Italian. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Auguri, auguri. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> Um, well, the Alta Adige is, um, in essence, hiking country, ski country, right mm. up in the north. Wow. Uh, not too far from, from Bouli, really. Um, you're just a little bit further northwest, right on the Swiss border, uh, Austrian Swiss border. And uh, so it's high country and um, very cool climate. So Katash is actually it's a little town near Bolzano, which is one of the most northern towns that Italy has. And um, the Amos vine... That, particular wine is their, their sort of icon white wine and it's a blend, uh, the cuvee. So it's very much the best parcels that are produced on any given year mm. um, blended together to make uh, the best example of the white of that year. Uh, predominantly, it's quite always, uh, what well, is always Pinot Bianco, um, yeah. uh, Pinot Bianco related to Pinot Noir and Pinot Gris, but that's the Bianco, so it's a little bit a little bit fresher, a little bit more uh, fruit aspect, uh, a little bit more fruit-driven, and um, and Pinot Bianco blended with a little bit of Pinot Gris and uh, also tiny parcels of, of Chardonnay and, and some other smaller parcels of other Indigenous varietals from that part of the world. But by far, it's, um, it's Pinot Bianco, Gris and, and Chardonnay. And then it's quite a complex wine, so it gets put through. It comes off their very best side. Um, so altitude, uh, very much it's all about altitude uh, there. So 600 to 900 metres above sea level mm. um, is where the fruit is sourced from. And then um, it goes through a fair bit of work as far as what they call batonaging, so leaves stirring, stirring up the leaves so you get some richness um, that comes mm. through. And then it goes through barrel ferment uh, for an extended period of time as well. Um, and then also it sits in the bottle for a period of time before it goes out to market. So... What you get is a, is a pretty rich white wine that's quite complex, and it's a wine that you could drink a little bit like a red wine as well. So it doesn't need to be that cold um, because there's so much character in the wine. Um, it really would, it, you know, helps sort of open the wine up if it's not too cold. And um, yeah, wonderful product, amazing product, it really is. Marco, dimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy is tell me. Okay. <laughs> Which one? I've got to keep these boys educated, yeah, Michael. He's practising his, he's practicing practicing his Italian, Italian for future yeah. years, next uh, March, April. So, Marco, tell me, uh, our listeners are obviously developing palates and they're enjoying their wines. When they're having these Italian varietals that you're talking about, you know, they need to go there with an open mind. They need to look at the characteristics of that wine. They're not, they're not an Australian wine. They're not grown here. They haven't got that straight varietal characteristics that, that we mainly have in Australia. So give us a few words of wisdom on what they should be doing when they drink your wines, the Italian imports. Yeah, yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, and the uptake for Italian wine is we're lucky it's always on the increase so that's fantastic number one but that's the simple thing Paolo an open mind's a great start um, and, and they're nothing too crazy um, but I think you know once you've got an open mind that you 
you know, it's a great way to travel without the expense of a, of a plane ticket, you know. So the, you know <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you've got something in a bottle there for whatever it may be, you know, $30 or $50, whatever it might be, but it's an artisan product that's grown in a particular part of the world. And that, that, that's for anything. That's uh, right. Be Spanish or French or German or whatever it is. But We do um, like the culture there in Italy, though. People in the love food. the culture there. Yeah, yes. absolutely, and it is. It's a wonderful culture, and uh, they've got a long, long history of um, of grape growing and winemaking. So, you know, mm. they, they take it very seriously there. There's no doubt about it. You know, regionality there is a big deal, you know. Sure. So if it comes from that region, they are the indigenous, indigenous varietals that are grown in that region, and um, they champion those really well. So, so that's yeah, what... and typically they're not as fruit-driven. And I think probably that's one thing that we like here in Australia is fruity wines. We're developing a, you know, a flavour for wines that are perhaps a little bit more savoury, a little mm. bit different. And uh, I think the younger generation always... are developing that uh, skill now of what you're saying. The younger generation are looking for that not-so-fruity style of wine, and I think they're the, the biggest market for your wines these days, apart from us old fellas. <laughs> Yeah, look, we're seeing a bit of everything. I mean, I, you know, we, we, this morning I was with a with a retailer, and was, I'll tell you what, it's exactly that. You know, they they need more Italian products because that's what they're getting called for, and they're in suburban Melbourne. So, I think that I think that on to this point, there was a, there's a young fella uh, who works down there at the Blair Gary IGA. Now, this is a fantastic place to Chris. pick up yep. some of these yep. beautiful varietals. Mm. Um, and he's in his early 20s, yeah. uh, Josh. And Josh, he yeah. came along to, to Vino Bambino's trade day tasting and, and had a fantastic palate and linked in with all uh, the other professionals in the room. And um, I think I would say we're, we're learning from the Italians in, in our culture here, and we always have. And I think one thing I would say, Marco, and, and you might agree, I love the, the, the way the Italians centre around food. And so in, in our development, in our maturity, um, it's nice to start to look about food and then wine. For example, we were talking about, about the Chianti Classical, yep. and it's basically a wine that's tailor-made to pair with tomato-based dishes. Hmm. And, you know, as we um, start to be uh, integrated and exposed with these wonderful countries and these wonderful producers, we're learning a lot. Oh, Dario, I, oh, I certainly agree with that, and that's extremely well said, and and that's something I talk about all the time. And I, mm. you know, I'm born here, but of Italian parents, and and that's all we knew, and that's all we still do today. Is it, it's very much, you know, even though I'm a wine importer, wine distributor, and I love my I love our products. Um, for me, it's it's very much about um, food. It's always yes. about oh, food. I totally so agree. That's how it always was for us. It was a, a big table of. You know, people yelling and screaming at each other <laughs> on the table uh, with a, a lot, a lot of food, and um, and the wine was sort of just there. Yes. Um, and I suppose it was a bit more simplistic. You know, when I was younger, it was just a simple wine in the middle of the table, mm. um, but a lot of food. <laughs> a lot of food. Fantastic. <laughs> so so yeah, let, let, let's yeah. move up one step then, because we you know we we sort of talked a little bit about uh, Barolo and the uh, oh, yes. Nebbiolo. Now, you, I think you're in a great position just to uh, talk us through that because it's a it's a special grape, and uh, the the longer you nurture it and keep it in the bottle and and look after it, the better it seems to produce. Certainly is, yeah. It's, uh... It's a very premium grape variety, a little bit like Pinot Noir in some respects, but um, and it's got a, a 
somewhat a, a similar flavour profile, but uh, it's got a bit more of a tannin structure uh, to it. So that's really, you know, when that's when ageing comes into the game, and it does help if you can age a wine that's got a bit of tannin. It helps to sort of soften those tannins out. But yeah, Nebbiolo is gorgeous. It, it comes from Piemonte, so from Piemonte there in the northwest. Uh, so if you can picture Turin as the capital city of mm. the region, and then it's not. It's the region perhaps that's closest to the to the French border. So there has been quite a French influence in through through that part of the world, through the Cavours and, and, and whatever else. So it's um but cool climate, uh Nebbiolo is the king well Nebbiolo is the king grape, but you know, they, they if it's a higher grade of Nebbiolo then it's called Barolo and that's mm. really just ticking some boxes there in relation to you know, how you're cropping your vineyard and, and, and how long you're aging the wine in barrel and, and how long you're aging the wine in bottle before you can get it ticked off as a DOCG, a very high graded appellation, and then in turn it, it can be called Barolo. Mm-hmm. And that... um, but they're, they're pretty mystical wines. They're incredible wines. They're very savoury and they've got that mushroomy, that forest floor, that truffley note, that but even a hint of floral as well. Definitely. So um, they're, they're, they're gorgeous. Yeah. That uh, Paladino uh, make a good uh, Barolo. They do, yeah. There's seven communes that um, that that allow to call themselves or produce a wine that makes Barolo. And Paladino, they're in a town called Serralunga, and uh, and Serralunga is interesting. It's it's become it's come on trend more and more over the years. It's a region within the Barolo region that um, uh, produces Barolos of a slightly or raised tannins, but mm-hmm. uh, if you've got a clever winemaker and uh, you can let it age for a little while, then um, that they, they works out beautifully. So, yeah, Paladino, they're uh, pretty serious, old-school, traditional producer. They're wonderful. Fantastic. Yes. And you've and at Vino Bambino there, you've got a number of uh, of their wines, haven't you, of their Barolos, I, I noticed on your website. Yeah, that part of the world is a little bit like Burgundy, so it's all about okay. single sites and single yeah. vineyards. So mm. we, we do bring in a, a number of their different products, um, and uh, and they all have a completely different expression <laughs> one from the other. So they're a lot of fun to sort of sit back and and look at them side by side, and uh, or have a dinner. More importantly, have a wonderful dinner with family and friends, and yes. uh, and uh, discuss the nuances. <laughs> Beautiful. Daz, did you get a chance to uh, taste that, uh, the um, Reserva San Bernardo? Absolutely. I went through all of those wines, but not first. They're some of the <laughs> yeah, most... They're uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I actually enjoyed the Barbera de Alba, um, yes. and it was a Superiore, and um, it was 2019 from right, memory. Yeah. And um, this is a fantastic producer, like Marco said, an old-school producer, and I think also our cellaring culture is improving. So these are the kind of wines that you will purchase um, to put down uh, for a little while. Oh, no, excellent, excellent. And the other yeah. one that Paul and I were talking about, Marco, well, the, the variety is the, uh, how did we pronounce that one again? Uh, Montepulciano. Montepulciano. Uh, yeah. Now, you guys have got some of those as well. What, what can you tell us about what you've got there? Yeah, look, Montepulciano is um, indigenous to the Abruzzo. Uh, part of Italy. Mm. So if, if you're looking at Rome uh, on the map, uh, you'd basically drive due east for two hours and you'd hit the Adriatic coast. So it's pretty much halfway up Italy on the east 
side on the Adriatic. It's the capital of Abruzzo. It's called Pescara. Pescara. And uh, so the producers from that part of the world champion the, the Montalcano grape. And Montalcano is um, really like Abruzzo. It's got a lot of sunshine, a really warm climate. So they've got this Moorish, Moorish wine, the mm. deep, dark, ink-like colours. <laughs> That's squid ink. Um, full of flavour, <laughs> full, of, full of, you know, richness. <laughs> and, and interesting flavours like licorice and mocha and coffee Ooh. and yes. vanilla and cardamom and all sorts of interesting flavour spectrums there. But um, but if you're a Shiraz drinker or a Cabernet drinker, um, it's a really good bridal to get on through, that's for sure. It's gorgeous. And so a little bit about what would you pair something like that with, Marco? When, when... Well, the, yeah, it, um, it, it's not too difficult. The Abruzzese... The, the, um, they pair it with lamb. They love it with lamb. Beautiful. Um, see that, so yeah. typically lamb skewers and things like that. Yeah. Um, just a simple lamb skewer. You know, just garlic, salt, pepper, oil. You know, that kind of sure. thing. Yep. A little bit of oregano. Um, <laughs> There's that oregano. Yeah, <laughs> say again. <laughs> I know. Actually, I was talking We're to talking them about before. Pronunciation about the, we don't say oregano. We say oregano. Oregano, <laughs> oregano yeah. <laughs> <I> see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, but it's like a, just a good barbie, fantastic, you know, uh, yes. just the beef in general, um, wonderful, perfect, yeah. Yeah, and I guess the other thing to, to finish on, Marco, is that you, you guys have a, a number of Australian varieties as well. Oh, sorry, Australian producers there, and we we know you have LG Park and Bodhu, and that's how Darren gets the wormy's way into all your tastings. But yeah. there's a few other ones as well that uh, that you have there. And I, I noticed you had one called Little Vesper, which is a King Valley variety. That, that, sorry, a King Valley winery. That, are you you're going for that that any uh, a t- uh, a tad in connection in in some of the local wines that you stock, or what's the thinking there? Yeah, for sure. Look, that that's very much how the business started over ten years ago. Was was really seeing that the Italian varietals here in Australia were were growing in popularity, things mm. like Pinot Grigio, for example, yep. mm. uh, Sangiovese, you know, Moscato, uh, Prosecco, things like that. So that's very much what Little Vest is all about. Is, is really um, a, a, like a bridging uh, connection because it's wines that are made here, grown here in the King Valley, um, and there's so many Italian families and, and wineries and growers up in the King Valley. Yes. So that's what we do is we source our fruit from all those wonderful families there and, and label it under our Little Vesta brand. And uh, it's been hugely successful over the last decade or so. Um, and um, yeah, we've sort of grown that brand over the years. It's now got a Sangiovese Rosato in the range. Uh, the Prosecco is quite new in the range uh, or newish. So, um, Pinot very mm. yeah. The Stud Farm uh, Road, the uh, Stud Farm Road, the Heathcote wines, it was very popular at the tasting. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's always popular. And that was also one of our one of our very first, perhaps just after Little Vesper, um, very first. So it was really picking the eyes out of Victoria, and we're so blessed here in Victoria, aren't we? We've got oh, so yes. many different multi. You know, I'm sure you guys talk about that all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, Mornington, of course, but you know, Heathcote is something that um, we all love. Um, mm. So, I've had a long-standing relationship with a with a really high-graded um, uh, winery there in Heathcote, and uh, we've been lucky enough to sort of be been working with them for over a decade now. And um, so, you know, single vineyard wine. 
you know, really expressive, um, you know, French oak barrique. Um, and um, what you get is just, just, yeah, lots of character, you know, but not as big as Barossa, but not far off it. But they, they sit in the palate a bit better, I think. They're just a bit cleaner and fresher on the palate. Uh, Heathcote Shiraz compared to a Barossa Shiraz, I think. So your Stud Farm Road Shiraz, I'm just having a look, 25 bucks. That's that's not bad for a very nice uh, Heathcote Shiraz, I reckon. That that, no, that sits good. in really well. <laughs> yeah. And you also have a New Zealand wine there, um, a Sab Blanc, I believe, if I recall. Uh, Green it's a bit, Acres. It's a bit painful. It's a bit painful talking about my New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc at the moment, Paolo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's out of it's out of stock. It's been delayed. Oh, all these wonderful right. things with oh. with COVID, and uh, COVID has given us all these wonderful delay on delay on delays on mm. on a, on so many levels. So um, I did get an update actually this morning. So it is shipping. Uh, it's left NZ, and it, it is coming our way. But um, so we're waiting on the 2022 shipment. Um, but that that is yeah again similar story to to the stud yeah. farm road that yeah. in that it's a single estate Marlborough New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but Marco, we're, we're going to have to uh, go soon. We wrap up at three o'clock, and there's not much time to go. But we really appreciate yep. you chatting with us. And uh, again, wine card if they want people want to have a look at that and uh, hunt, hunt out some orders or uh, or. Suck up the Darren, he might take you along to a tasting at some point. That's how <laughs> the other absolutely <laughs> welcome to. With My su- pleasure. <laughs> yeah. su- What's well, a diverse range, a yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Oh, no, yeah. So th- thanks very much, Mark. I really appreciate your time today. Good at Good you, gentlemen. You're doing a great job and hats go <laughs> off to you all. And congratulations. Uh, nice to chat. Ciao, Cheers, Marco. Ci vediamo. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So look, we're going to have to wrap up. Uh, uh, just a, just about time. I'm going to have to have to wrap up. And uh, right. been a great uh, we could talk Italian wine. <laughs> yeah. Italian wine really starting to to expand, and it's gone mm. a long way since the cask Lambrusca. Yes. I think that's where we summarise. There's some fantastic stuff. Have have a look. Wander down to what lo- local Italian restaurant. Duck into Dan's and grab a bottle of Montepulciano or Sangiovese. Just try them because you can get an entry-level one for about 20 bucks Mm. and and get an appreciation of the style. My only point I'd say is grab two bottles, Ah. one of a lower quality and And one one of a bit higher and compare. Compare. Good idea. They'll last a few days. They won't uh, (laughs) fizzle out in a day or two. Not in my house. (laughs) That's right. Not in mine either. And and next week we're going to talk about the the Australian Small Winery Show, including the winning uh, winery from Western Australia. So that should be another massive show. But thanks for being with us. We've pinched a little.